Coming up on podcast 1939, diesels continue to die, Audi's electric A4 and China's tech tensions could affect the rest of the world. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Welcome to a new Patreon executive producer, CJ. Now, CJ Bacchus signed up a few weeks ago now. Thank you very much for joining the gang on Patreon. It's how we get the show on the air. The free version for everybody who listens to the ad-supported version is, of course, paid for by the incredible heroes who are our patrons. Welcome to the club, CJ. You can do the same. Maybe 5 or $10 a month to be an exec producer. Get your name in the show notes at evnewsdaily.com for your honourable mention every day uh, by joining up. Now, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information for the weekend, Sunday 22nd of October. I always think I'll do a quickie, five minutes at the weekend, not much going on. I've written two and a half thousand words. <laughs> Massive fail on doing it quickly today. Well, we go live at 5pm UK, that's midday Eastern. Patreon supporters get the episodes, though, as soon as they're ready, first and ad-free. Be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. The European Union had a 9.2% boost in new car sales in September, and a big factor behind the surge was, well, you beat me to the punchline, the demand for electric vehicles contributing to over half of total car uh, sales in September if you add hybrids as well. And yes, that does also include plug-in hybrids and mild hybrids. Let's work out what we want to talk about. That is fully electric cars. 14.3% rise compared to the same month last year. So EV still on a rip here in Europe. You might have seen some negative press recently. There seems to be lots of clicks and newspaper sales in the dying newspaper industry to go EV bashing. I've noticed in the last few months seems to be a trend that certain sectors of the media seem to have found a bit of a rich vein of form in the certain people that do read those websites and buy those papers, but don't believe a word of it. It's still going massively well here in Europe. The numbers don't lie. And the share of fully electric vehicles in overall sales, 15%, but that's for the wider EU countries. Uh, Diesel vehicles, though, once again down the month of September. uh, Diesels were 12.5%. Yeah, I just said full EVs were 14.8%. Now, you tell me a few years ago, that in a a region, like a big region, like the US, like Europe, like China, like you tell me in a big region like Europe, diesels will die and pure electric vehicles in just a couple of short years are going to be more. You get laughed out of so many car showrooms, but there it is. The numbers don't don't lie. 15% pure EV, 12% diesels, down from 16% just a year ago. Why would anybody buy a diesel these days? Because they're going to be worth nothing so soon. Highlighting the trend, if you only go back to 2015, which is a blink of an eye in automotive world, it was well over 50% across Europe. And some individual countries, Italy, France, UK, you know, 60, 70% of new car sales were diesels. That is That's a seismic shift. Now, let's talk about Volkswagen in Norway. This is a a Norwegian website, by the way, so I've used Google Translate on this. So it's e24.no. Yep, found found this story, and again, this is my interpretation of the Google Translate, so I hope it's reasonably accurate. Volkswagen will end the sale of combustion cars in Norway and December will witness the last Volkswagen ever to be sold with an engine in Norway. The decision coincides with the 75th anniversary of VW's presence in Norway. Uh, It might seem odd to celebrate a milestone of an iconic brand ending, but this is a significant commitment that we've made over time, said Ulf 
Torre Hecknebi, CEO of Volkswagen Importer. Uh, there, Harold A. Muller, AS. Uh, the overarching objective has been to move towards EVs as a farewell gesture to the final Vol- Volkswagen sold with an engine in. Uh, they uh, they will carry on delivering to them till the end of the year, uh, they say. The announcement comes precisely a decade after the initial registration of the first fully electric Volkswagen on Norwegian roads. Ten years to the month. Wow, that is an impressive success. That is fantastic. Well done to uh, to Norway, to Volkswagen as well for doing like what Volvo did uh, a few years ago, making that not only the announcement but the commitment of we're not going to sell cars with engines. We're not going to we're not going to pollute because even plug-in hybrids, if you're going to take that stance, and I think there's a place for plug-ins for some people, uh, even they pollute. And certainly hybrids, you know, Toyota try and say hybrids are, are green in some way, and people fall for it. If it has exhaust on it, it's going to emit pollutants that do enormous damage to the planet. And look, more importantly, to the public health of you and I and our families and our friends. And it's just not cool anymore. And well done, VW in Norway. Now, Audi's A4 is getting an electrifying makeover with 400 miles of range and a powerful S version as well. 30 years after the debut of the legendary Audi A4, it's going to go fully electric very soon to compete with BMW, Mercedes, and of course Tesla in that segment. Expected to be available to purchase in 2025, the electric A4 will coexist with a combustion version, but they're changing their names to get in sync with Audi's naming approach. So the combustion cars are all odd, which I do find funny, but odd numbers, I mean, but it is funny. Hey, you know, buy a petrol one. That's fine. You can have the odd ones, <laughs> the odd numbers. Yeah, A4, all electric. A5 will be the same car, but uh, with an engine. Well, a similar car, but with an engine. Closely aligned with the design of the A6 and the Q6 e-trons, part of Audi and Porsche's jointly developed PPE architecture. So the electric A4 takes inspiration from the Q6. That's the one that we get very soon, actually, in 2024. Uh, Big tech upgrades from the kind of Audi electric cars that you can buy at the moment. 100 kilowatt hour usable battery on the biggest battery. And so they're aiming for, you know, the, the, the Q6 SUV will have 373, 375 miles of range. So the Audi A4, a saloon style of that could be 400 bit more aero efficiency on that 800 volts architecture should mean some really quick charging 270 kilowatt peak charge speed on the right kind of charger uh, it's going to be a big upgrade to any audi built on vw's meb platform so yeah you can stop for 10 minutes at 150 160 miles of range and be on your way again this really is next gen next level evs and the audi a4 very famous name to go electric the Chevy Blazer is an exciting vehicle in the US, and Chevrolet making modifications already to their offerings. The 1LT trim was already removed from the lineup. The 2LT, which is the going to be the base trim, that's pricier, though. New power output details are coming in over the weekend to EV News Daily Headquarters. The 2LT all-wheel drive and the RS variant are going to get 288 horsepower. The SS version will get 500. 
57 horsepower. That's proper spicy. Specs for the base 2LT remain unconfirmed, though. Uh, but if you think about the Equinoxes, 210 horsepower, it's going to be in the same ballpark as that. Chevy suggests that the Equinox EV might compensate for the void left by the 1LT Blazer and, of course, the Bolt and the Bolt EUV going away. Current projections maintain the Equinox's starting price of $30,000. Chevy representatives indicating to car and driver that the premium Equinox EV trims could be a good replacement for the base Blazer. Well, Lucid are going to unveil their next vehicle, which is exciting. Won't be on sale for a while, but they are going to unveil the Gravity. That's their SUV. At the Los Angeles Auto Show in November, the SUV has been under development for three years. Lucid first told us about the Gravity SUV on September 20th. 2020. Design-wise, the gravity will mirror the cues of the Lucid sedan. It's going to be very much a family resemblance. Potential car buyers can opt for either a five- or seven-seat configuration in the gravity. In terms of powertrains, again, we're fully expecting gravity will emulate the air lineup. So the basic air pure variant with the single electric motor, 430 horsepower to the rear, and the air touring, 620 horsepower, air grand touring, 819 horsepower, and the air sapphire with its one, two, three, four horsepower. I still like that. Uh, given Lucid's commitment to supercar levels of performance for the gravity uh, you would think they'd have its own variant of that battery wise i would think exactly the same battery packs maybe with some slight tweaks around the edges as they learn more things and as time goes on with comparable range stats the grand touring with its 112 kilowatt hour battery has its epa range of 516 miles that's 830 kilometers whenever i say that just blows me away how far those lucids go november 16th we get to see that uh, vehicle again not on sale for a while though but I hope Lucid, a uh, Lucid hope rather, it will light a bit of a fire underneath the business because they're certainly struggling with selling as many of the airs as they wanted to. Stellantis are going to reveal plans for four electrified, careful with that word, pickups for the United States. Uh, the move is characterized as their North American offensive. One of the trucks is the 2025 Ram Rev, the Ram 1500 Rev, for a launch in 2024. They keep teasing a hydrogen solution. I don't know why. I think Stellantis have got most things right there. So why are they talking about hydrogen as a kind of range extender? A completely electric model of the Ram Rev would come, but also a range extended XR for fleets. I could see them doing a smaller battery and a small combustion engine for those that just need a little comfort blanket for the next, just the next generation of vehicles that want a plug-in hybrid. Wouldn't I, I can make a full argument for full electrics, but... I could see them doing that with a range extender. And there have been whispers amongst Ram executives about integrating fuel cell powertrains for their heavy-duty trucks. But come on, that's just dead in the water now. Surely Stellantis. You, you know, Stellantis, you know hydrogen is dead in the water. There's nowhere to refill those vehicles. You're not going to build a nationwide hydrogen refilling network, are you, Stellantis? So stop talking about it. Crack on with full electrics. Electric vans are integral to the commercial objectives of Stellantis as well, uh, announcing plans to rejuvenate their van lineup, including Ram, Citroën, Fiat, Opel, Vauxhall, Peugeot, and only Ram offers vans for sale in the US currently. So looking forward to seeing what they come with. Right, stick around. We'll talk Tesla, big milestones, something to do with the Cybertruck. We've got some news on that. And as it's the weekend, we'll have a little chit-chat, you and I, about China 
tightening its exports and causing tech tension. Stick around. Back in a sec. Radio. If you'd like your podcast ad free, by the way, hey, I'm happy to oblige with that. You just head to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. You sign up, be a producer, exec producer. I mean, some individuals and companies go higher as well. You hear their names on the podcast, don't you, at the end? Uh, and that is incredible support at every level. Thank you. You get a little RSS feed that you can pop into your favourite app or however you listen to this podcast, and it'll strip out the ads. So you can just avoid a little bonus, a little perk of supporting and paying my wages. After all, this is this is my work now uh, on the podcast. Thank you for that. I appreciate it enormously. Tesla just hit one million sales in Europe. The X Twitter account at Tesla Europe just tweeted, 14 years ago, we delivered the first Tesla Roadster to customers in Europe. Today, we hit 1 million Tesla vehicles on the road across Europe, thanks to our owners and supporters for helping us accelerate the transition to sustainable energy. That was a nice post. Yeah, I remember back in the day when the S was launched, little um, stage was built. I remember Elon Musk coming to the UK and uh, talking about how, you know, the UK is a very important market to us, et cetera, et cetera. God, it's going back a long time now. Standing on the little Mickey Mouse stage they have. You don't see that these days. Tesla events are always showy and huge. And no, not then. It was just uh, just him and a little sort of stage that you'd see at a car boot sale or a fate on a Sunday somewhere in a park. Uh, it was a bit better than that, but it wasn't much. And, uh, and yeah, hey, look, these days you can't even buy the S and the X, not for sale here. So... I'm sure we are still important to them, but not important enough to make right-hand drive versions of those. Well, they hit that big achievement in Europe with one million vehicles sold. It took 14 years uh, to get there, and we can't wait to see what they do next with making vehicles here on you know, European soil, of course, with the Model 3 imported from China at the moment. The Model Y manufactured at Brandenburg here at Tesla in Germany uh, with those extra colours. Was it called Midnight Cherry? I've forgotten now. And one's called Quicksilver, isn't it? Or Silver? Uh, Those new colours on the Model Y. Can't get them on the 3. There are new colours for the 3, but that's the Chinese paint shop uh, with the Highland Edition. S and X, you can get them. I mean, you can't get right-hand drive ones here in the UK, but they, you can, if you want a left-hand drive, you can get one, and you can obviously get one in Europe, imported from California. The European Union's apprehensions regarding the influx of Chinese cars could hit Tesla, but that's about an 18-month investigation probably, and if they come to the conclusion they're going to stick 10 20% on Chinese cars, they've given themselves four months after the decision is made to impose those tariffs. So it's probably a year and a half to two years away. But yeah, unless they unless they expand Berlin, then those China-made cars could get a lot more expensive for European buyers. We learned something over the weekend about the Cybertruck as well. The VIN decoder now includes, includes data for the Cybertruck. The two powertrain options have a D or an E in the VIN. D is dual motor. And E is triple motor. No sign yet of the single motor Cybertruck. That makes sense. They'll sell the higher priced variants at the beginning. VIN Decoder also provides details about the gross vehicle weight rating. That is not the weight of the Cybertruck, but that is the weight. The GVWR is the vehicle's standalone weight uh, with the total combined with cargo and passengers that it can take. Class G and Class H span all Cybertruck options, anything between 8,000 and 10,000 pounds. That's 3,500 to 4,500 kg. Mazda will unveil a new EV by 2025. They promise, 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 cross my heart, say Mazda. We will disclose our battery electric vehicle 
singular, not plural, by 2025, says the North American CEO Tom Donnelly of Mazda. The upcoming EV will be a revamp of an existing model, though, not a custom-built electric car. So fans of Mazda, of which there are many, by the way, uh, don't have a lot of choice at the minute. The MX-30 EV had 100 miles of range in the US, had limited sales in California, and then they boned it. Looking at future prospects, Mazda said their ambition was to roll out multiple new bevs by 2030 okay well we'll wait and see uh, the mazda mx5 the miata could be unveiled as a pure electric car uh, next week it's the tokyo mobility show we'll keep an eye on that china is the final subject we'll talk about today thought about an interesting conversation because this is uh, something that could affect evs in the long term but probably won't get any reporting anywhere, even in the EV press. China has introduced export controls on graphite. Graphite is crucial to, well, you guessed it, EV batteries. New regulations are being framed under national security grounds by the Chinese, with no specific nation targeted. And it begins soon, December 1st. Special export permits will be needed for graphite varieties. Now, China plays a major role in the global graphite supply chain, vital for EV battery production. In 2020, both the European Union and the United States marked natural graphite as a crucial raw material. This decision by Beijing follows Washington's recent restrictions on semiconductor exports to China. So is this a tit-for-tat retaliation? And that included a ban on advanced AI chips from the likes of NVIDIA. You see, there's an intensifying strain between China and the West, especially with electric vehicles. I mentioned it already with the pending investigation into why Chinese EVs are so cheap. Recently, they uh, contemplated imposing tariffs for unfair subsidy advantages, but we won't get to see the result of that for some time. China's current action mirrors the earlier restrictions on gallium and germanium, metals pivotal for semiconductors and electronic creation. China stands as the world's principal producer and exporter of graphite. They refine over 90% of global graphite, and that goes into the anodes, the anode material for EV batteries. Now, last year, so 2022, China mined 850,000 tonnes of the stuff. Uh, That was about 65% of the world's production. And there's natural graphite and there's synthetic as well, which is slightly more pure and preferred for EV batteries. Brazil was second, and they mined a tenth of it, 87,000 tonnes. Graphite is fundamental to EV batteries. It's about 95 to 99% of the anode, the negative electrode. In in lithium-ion batteries, graphite is, well, irreplaceable, Uh, Since it bolsters the electrical conductivity, it hosts the lithium ions. The battery's cathode, which is the lithium, the nickel, the cobalt, the various chemistries that we talk about, um, has a more diverse makeup. Several EV makers, like Tesla, are diversifying their graphite sources. Tesla recently had a big deal with Australia's uh, Magnus Energy, I think they're called, and that was to source graphite from Tanzania, if I remember. The burgeoning resource nationalism, if you want to call it that, could have a real impact on the energy transition, impacting investment, impacting supply chains and price points. Now, uh, Daniel Collar, who is the leader of the automotive and supply chain uh, consultancy Intralink, believes the move will be a significant impact on the EV sector and the battery sector because of China's 
key role in graphite. And James Lee, a battery materials analyst from KB Securities in Seoul, said the development was, and I quote, shocking. Well, China's action is its most potent negotiation card they can play against the United States, against these regulations, and certainly hitting the EV industry won't go down very well with the Biden administration, who is looking to accelerate that as quick as possible and have a domestic supply chain as well. But the US is in no position to replace China's graphite exports. In response, well, what could happen? So the United States could introduce countermeasures. They could limit the use of Chinese batteries in vehicles manufactured by the likes of Tesla. Noteworthy that Tesla's Shanghai facility produces over half of Tesla's global output. And that will be of a major concern to senior management there at Tesla and all the big car makers. It's a massively confusing, complex issue as well. Not sure I've done it justice, but that's just how I see it. So um, I'd love to know your thoughts on any of the stories that we've talked about today. You can find me online, on social media. The website is evnewsdaily.com. Send me a, a note from there if you want to. I'd always love to hear from our listeners. And it's a Sunday, so it'll mention for everybody who supports an exec producer or above level. Thanks to Porsche of Village of the Village, Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel, Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments. They provide all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Thanks to Richard at rsev.co.uk. Yuka Kukunen from shift2electric.com with the number two. Rajiv Narayan and his brother, who is at the moment on all sorts of TV talking head interviews and stuff. And he always sends me a little clip to... CNBC or something. I love it. Uh, and also battery reports for your EVs. You hear me talk about RecurrentAuto.com. Go check them out. And Yan Torre Gyobi. Thank you very much. And all of our exec producers, Adrian Bond, Alan Shedd, Alex Banahini, Anders Hove, Andrea Jefferson, Andrew Luoma, Andrew Wanek, Andy Nancaro and Lillian Cass, Asir Khalid, Bjarne Fjukstak, Bill Calhoun, Blaine McKinney, Blunderbuss Jones, Brendan McCarthy at North Fork Ironworks, Brian O'Leary, Brian Thompson, long-term supporter, Bruce Bohannon, Chad Lane, Charles Hall, Christopher Bath, CJ Backus, and Colin Hennessy and Cam ZV. Craig Rogers, David Dysart, David Finch, David Larder, David Moore, David Partington, and David Prescott, and all the Davids in DCEV. Ed Cortine, Eddie Ragassa, Eric Hansen, Eru Cuny Nyombi, and Frederick Rovick. Gary A. Hammond, Gene Rubin, George Totrolo, Henrik Leisner, Helmut Selker, Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Stillwaters UK, Benjamin, Ian Griffiths, and Ian Sear. Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Penfold, James Dorr, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, John Van der Voort, and John, who is Beardy McBeard, face of the legendary waistcoat variety. NTVs, John Manchek, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Masson, Lawrence D. Allen, Lee Brown, Luke Carly, Marcel Ward, Matthew Long, Nathan Gore-Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Friedman, Neely Roberts from Sussex EVs, Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, and Peter Ryder. Uh, Phil Moucher, Philip Forrester, Philip Troutman, Roman Rowledge, Realtors Choice Photography, Rob from the RS Thinks EV channel on YouTube, Robert Grace, Ron Hunter, uh, Roosevelt Watson, Saki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers EV YouTube channel, Thomas J. Tears, Timothy Phillips, Tomer Shahab, and Tyler Voss. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid. Hold up. 